Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bulls Over the Top podcast. We got a really exciting week of NFL football for you. Week fifteen. Yep. No bye weeks. No bye weeks. Everybody's no playing. Off. Everybody's playing. Per usual, I'm your host, Michael Rock. I'm Brendan Collins. And we got Tyler here with us. Yeah. What's up, Tyler? How you doing, bud? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good. good. You're on camera now, so we're not going to expect you to just sit quietly the whole time. Yeah, now you, you, know? now now you can, can just chime in whenever you want. You got yeah. your own headset, you got your own mic. You know? High expectations. Oh, yeah. The highest. So, we have a lot of great games to get to this weekend, and we have something interesting. End of the season here. We have Saturday football coming your way. An extra day of football for us football fans, and quite frankly, I'm thrilled. I can't get enough of it. Yep. Might as well first, though, acknowledge the Thursday night game that is going on as we speak. The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Game that is tied 7, not tied 7, I was about to say tied 17 to 10. Game that is 17 to 10 at halftime with the Chargers maintaining a touchdown lead. But I'm really excited about the games this weekend. I am too. I'm ready for this fresh slate. This Saturday, we have two games. And one of them excites me more than the other. But we'll start off with the one that excites me less. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Buffalo has been really solid of late. I mean, they just went to Pittsburgh, prime time, got a win there. They didn't go to Pittsburgh. They hosted Pittsburgh, but they, they played Pittsburgh on Monday night. Yep. You know, team that was undefeated the week before, big game. And they delivered, sitting top of the division. They have a, a little bit of a cushion uh-huh. ahead of New England and Miami. Uh-huh. And I expect them to keep rolling against a Denver team that overall has been pretty directionless. It seems like they don't really know what they're doing. No, not quite. But Drew Locke does have the best individual performance in a single game this season still, which is very strange. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how Drew Locke kind of came to life for that game. But overall, I just feel like this is a game that Buffalo should win, and and that's reflected in the spread. They're six-point favorites. And we have an over-under of this game at 49.5 points. It's pretty high, considering I really only think one of these teams is elite offensively. You know, Denver, it seems like a couple games will go out there and lay eggs. I don't want to say frequently, but not terribly infrequently either. And so, with that in mind, i got to go with Buffalo to win. And I'm probably going to go with the under on that 49 and a half, but I still think Buffalo covers that six-point spread. How are you feeling? I'm with you in Buffalo on the money line in this one. I just think it's going to be a cold game. It's going to be one of those a little bit slower games. I think we see Denver cover the six-point spread. I think it's like a field goal, real slow, grindy game, and then we wind up seeing the under hit. Yeah, that should be an interesting one. I'm really looking forward to, or I, I guess... I'm looking forward to more on Saturday. This Green Bay versus Carolina matchup. Yeah, the 8 o'clock game, the night game. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is still questionable, but I believe it's doubtful at this point Uh that he's going to play, which is a bit of a blow to that Panthers team. That's true. DJ Moore is back, though. DJ Moore is back. Robbie Anderson's 
had an incredible season. I mean, yeah. really, a, really an unbelievable season for a guy that was kind of in no man's land coming out of that abysmal Jets team. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater's earned that starting job there? Because I, um, I would say so. Yeah, but more on a bridge deal, uh, maybe a tentative basis. You know, I think of it kind of like the way that Nick Foles earned th- the Jacksonville job coming out of his stint in Philadelphia and then pretty immediately left it. Like, I don't sit there and think Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise quarterback who is going to be given the keys to a franchise anytime soon. And that's not a knock on Teddy. I think he's got a lot of skill. I think he's shown great perseverance coming back from that injury. Uh, he, he seems to be a locker room guy. The locker room seems to like him. But given the question marks around his health and given the fact that he's yet to have that kind of defining, you know, record-setting MVP-caliber season, I find it hard to say that the Panthers are really going to just full-on hang their hat on him. I think he's earned a one- to three-year bridge deal. Very long leash, but not Yeah, a... you know what I mean? Like, like I, he's earned a stint, but I think if he starts playing poorly, you look to replace him. I think you, if you get a great draft pick or, or if a really solid-looking quarterback has fallen to a spot that you're drafting in the draft, you pick him. I think it's one of those things where, you know, unfortunately for Teddy, the writing's just kind of on the wall in my mind that... I'm I'm reluctant to think any team, barring some MVP caliber seasons, really takes a flyer on him because he's also a glorified game manager. Like he's a solid quarterback, but is he is he is his ceiling as high as Baker Mayfield's ceiling? And I don't think I'm not you know I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield guy, but you know what I mean. Like uh-huh. like where. How much more growth are you going to get out of this guy, and how much are we seeing him playing at the best of his ability? You know, capping out his his attributes there. So, and and don't forget, Panthers are currently sitting at fourth overall pick. So, in what's a deep draft for for quarterbacks? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You could very I could see this guy there. Maybe they get even the biggest project of the group. Say, oh, it's still Teddy's job. You know, the same way that it was Tyrod Taylor's job in. in the charge now. I, I don't think there's going to be some medical malpractice that loses Teddy Bridgewater's yeah, job, but that accelerates the but problem. he seems to have a hard enough time keeping himself healthy as it stands. So you know we're we're going to see where this unfolds. But your question was, do I think he's earned the job there? I think at least for one more year. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we see the change happen very fast. And the other quarterback situation. Looked real bad at the beginning of the season, but it's smoothed over quite a bit, especially when you win games. Aaron Rodgers. Well, and remember, they also just got drafted that Jordan, you know, Love. Jordan Love kid. Yeah, so. And so this seems like a team that always seems to think toward the future with the quarterback position, but they also are, find themselves once again in a pretty favorable position with uh, a, still an MVP caliber quarterback uh, under center. And now a first-round talent to kind of groom and develop behind him. Yeah, undoubtedly. Considering there is no Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. considering there is a lot of seating on the line still, and, and really the Packers want to keep pace with the Saints for any shot at that first-round buy, that home-field advantage, and considering Christian McCaffrey is still out, and honestly... 
I've <laughs> I've lost a lot of money on him. The Panthers the last few weeks have been a little bit less resilient than it seemed like they were that first stint when McCaffrey was hurt. You know, that first time McCaffrey was down, seemed like Mike Davis really picked up the slack. Robbie Anderson was leading the league in receiving yards. DJ Moore was playing like a man possessed. And it seems like all of those things have kind of leaned a little bit back toward the average. You know what I mean? They, they've reverted to the mean. And... You know, not saying that they're bad. I mean, Robbie Anderson's still having a career year. Mike Davis has still established himself as, a, at the very least, maybe a tandem or a change of pace option with McCaffrey. If you want to throw McCaffrey in the slot, you have Davis as a little bit of a short yardage guy. You know what I mean? I mean, these are good things for the Panthers and Matt Rule, but they've lost some of that momentum. They've lost some of that steam. They've been a little bit more inconsistent. And on a defense that's been hemorrhaging points all year, if the offense has stopped being able to kind of keep pace. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with this Green Bay Packers team this week and this Saturday. feels weird to say. I think I'm going to go with Green Bay to win and Green Bay to cover. But I do think we see... I actually, I, You know what? I actually think... I think we see the under in this one. And, and I, I was going to say over up until that hesitation there. I changed my mind because... You remembered Christian McCaffrey was out. Well, I remember Christian McCaffrey was out, and it's in Green Bay, where they're going to need to run the ball. It's cold as anything. Carolina's not necessarily used to that kind of weather. It takes the ball out of the passing game a lot more and, and kind of brings it back into the running game when it's that level of cold. And like I said, Mike Davis has been good, but he's coming back down to earth a little bit more. I think we get the under... But I think the Packers win and cover. If they don't cover, it's by a point or so. But I know we don't get to play that game, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm going with them to cover. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with Green Bay also, and I'm going with them to cover that seven and a half spread. It's a little bit bigger than I would probably like, but I think they're going to wind up pulling it off. I think we see the over in this one hit though. Uh, right now, Adams is healthy. Alien Lizard's healthy. The big guys over the top are healthy for both Green Bay. And now Carolina has both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore back healthy practicing full week. I think we get a, a pretty good uh, pretty good aerosol back and forth in this one. I think we see that over a 51 hit. Well, it should be pretty exciting. But we can move on into the Sunday games, and we have a divisional matchup. We'll actually stick around in that NFC North. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bears are traveling to Minnesota. They get to play indoors, though, so they get to stay out of that cold to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings come into this game as a three-and-a-half-point favorite considering the Bears have been a bit of a free fall of late. We got the over-under of 46-and-a-half. Now, this one's a little bit weird to me. I mean, Bears have been in a free fall, but the Vikings have just been just a total damn mystery this whole season. I mean, they're just a Jekyll and Hyde, maybe the Jekyll and Hyde of this NFL season. It just seems like one week they're they're explosive on offense. Dalvin Cook looks like a man-possessed, rushing for, like, multiple touchdowns, yeah. easy buck 50 yards. You know, defense is getting pressure. They have some still solid safeties yeah, there. They're and, getting you know, the pass they're, they're, rush. Exactly, yeah. and then there are other games where they, they just are going three and out, like, you know, oh, they've punted on 12 of their 13 drives, and the other was a fumble, you know, like. Yeah, there's like, no rhyme or reason yeah. for what 
their performance is looking like week to week, it seems. And so I, I know it's goofy, but this game seems a lot more like a toss-up to me than, than most of the games this week. And for that, I figure I'm just going to get a little wild here and go with the underdog Bears. I like the fact that they're being given points in the spread, so I'll easily take that. And again, they've been playing well enough, you know, even whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, it's a quarterback auditioning for a job. And honestly, it's it's a coach, Matt Nagy, coaching for his job as well. I just imagine this is, seems like, the, you know, divisional games always get turned on their head. This is a Bears team that almost seems like they, they can show up to those kind of, you know, dogfight kind of games in the division. And I, I think we see them do that. I think we, we see the win for the Bears. We cover for the Bears. And I'm going to, I think it's going to be a defensive game. If the Bears win it, I think it's going to be a defensive game where, you know, because I, I don't see Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles really blowing up the scoreboard. So I think it ends up being a defensive matchup. We get the under in this one. So I'll take the Bears with the points under. I think any team that has two quarterbacks has no quarterback. I think Matt Nagy's built a disastrous situation for himself there. I think this thing is bound to implode. I think this is the week it implodes. Taking the Vikings, taking them money line. I also think we see the under of 46.5 hit in this one. Well, another 1 o'clock game on Sunday, and this is the last team in the NFC North. They are traveling to Nashville, Tennessee, to take on the Tennessee Titans. This is one... It's a big old spread at 10.5 points. Yeah, it's a massive line. 51.5 points spread. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna bite. I'm going to bite at the bait here. I say I'm, I'm taking Titans to win, but I'm taking Detroit to cover. And with a spread like that, with offenses like these, I think I'm going to expect an over of 51 points. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go under 51 and a half. 51 and a half seems high. I don't have enough faith. Titans have a decent enough defense. I feel like they could shut down Matt Stafford, but... Well, we don't even know if Matt Stafford's playing still. And, and a strong breeze can occasionally shut down Matt Stafford. Yeah, well, with that rib injury that he got last week and the fact that he isn't practicing, didn't practice today, I, I don't see them covering. I see Titans getting this one. I think because the Tennessee Titans are such a possession-oriented team, I think we see the under a 51.5 hit. Who's the backup in Detroit? It's you, Tyler. Very well could be. Grab the pads, you're in. It's actually a curse. It's what happens when you ask who's the backup quarterback in Detroit. You become the backup (laughs) quarterback. You ever seen that movie, The Santa Claus, with Tim Allen? Oh, he said the magic words. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to look it up, but I'm not getting serious. If we have to look it up, that means... Yeah, what kind of faith would you have in... Take the Titans. Yeah, I think we both agree the Titans are getting this dub. If if random guy who we don't even know it is, I I would almost change my pick there to Detroit to not cover that 10.5 point spread. Matt Stafford's not playing. There's my asterisk. Asterisk of the week. Matt Stafford's not playing. Pay attention to Jay Glazer. God, I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. 
for the who's in and who's out on Sunday. Matt Stafford's out. Avoid him. Avoid Detroit and all, even with the spread, even with a fat spread like ten and a half. You want to know who it is? Who is it? You're going to blow our minds. It's Chase Daniel. It is Chase. Dude, I knew that. Oh, I'm so mad. Uh, I ugh. almost said stop. Don't say it. It's Charlie Batch, which would have been totally wrong, but also not that wrong. <laughs> like, oh, uh, you're really splitting hairs if you're calling out the difference. You got the ch right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll have some better luck, Chuck. All right, we're done with that. Moving on to the AFC, we have a matchup in the AFC South, I believe. Yeah, South. Houston Texans are taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Houston's traveling to Indy. Our boy Romeo Cornell taking on our other boy Frank Wright. Yes. In Indy. It's a seven and a half point spread, and I got to say, it's a divisional game. I think it's going to be a bit of a dogfight. I think this is going to be a rough one. But I I just don't think I see Indianapolis dropping a tough game considering Tennessee's probably going to roll Detroit. Indy's got to keep pace. As, as much as the Texans have been rallying around Romeo and, like, Things actually seem like they might be getting a little bit more stable there from the absolute just sink, sinking Titanic that Bill O'Brien left them. Like, I still think Frank Reich and Philip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor and this Colts team find a way to, to stifle Deshaun Watson, especially with the limited offense they have. You know, yes, David Johnson's coming back. Maybe that'll help their run game, but their run game's like worst in the NFL right now. I think the Colts jump on them while they're down with their with their really dominant defense. And I think the Colts get the dub here. I think we see them cover at 7.5. And, and at 50.5 points on the spread, I think I'm going to go with that under. I think, I think it doesn't behoove the Colts to have a shootout here. No. They'd much rather a blowout than a shootout. I mean, the same as everybody, but, you know, like, I, I just think, I think we hit the under on that. Tyler, which B.O.B. had a larger fall from grace, Bill O'Brien or the guy who went, was the rap artist who went by B.O.B.? I mean, I could still sing you airplanes, so I think it's got to be Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah, okay, I also agree. Uh, that's good to know. I'm picking the Colts in this one. I'm picking them against the spread at the seven and a half points. I this defense is just is coming into such good form for Indianapolis, and Deshaun Watson just has no weapons. It's a it's. I mean, it would be asking too much to be like, you know what, you should win this game. Uh, as for this over under a fifty and a half, I think I think it's under. I think it's I think it could be under. 40, let alone 50. I don't think we're going to be witnessing crazy offensive displays. Ow. Yeah, my bad. Everybody. Alrighty, well, you know, it's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on and a way more important game for the Colts than the Texans, but the Texans got nothing to lose for. I mean, they don't have a first, I think, or even second round pick this year. I mean, they're totally decimated. Thanks a lot, Bill. Alrighty. 
moving on to another one o'clock game, a game that should probably lead to some total decimation. Baltimore Ravens are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville does plan on starting Gardner Minshew this week, which you would think would give them a boost, but I don't know if Vegas thinks so. It's a 12.5 point spread in favor of Baltimore. 47.5 points is the over-under. Tell you how I feel about this one right off the bat. I don't even need to really think about it. I think Baltimore wins this game. I think Jacksonville keeps it close because Jacksonville has a tendency of making teams that are better than them sweat over wins. And I think we hit the over because I think both of these teams will score points on one another. You can lock it in. I'm with you on this. Uh, We also just watched an incredible display from Lamar Jackson this past week coming back after some kind of complication that kept him in the locker room. I think we all know what it was. I w- we all know what it is, but he doesn't want to say Apparently it. Apparently he's sending cease and desists out to people who insist otherwise. So we're yeah. going to keep our mouths shut. We yeah. don't want to be uh, grounded before we even take flight. Yeah, we're, so, we're not accusing him of making any boom-booms in the locker room. We're no, skipping that. There were no mud pies. <laughs> no mud pies. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on the, all this. I think we see a pretty good game out of Jacksonville, a little bit of a you know a death rattle or something, but... It makes you wants that job. Yeah, but... He just wants to be able to compete for it next year. But Baltimore probably has this game. I think it's Baltimore's game. Next 1 o'clock game, fun matchup, divisional matchup. Way closer odds than they've probably been in quite some time. New England Patriots are on the road to Miami to face off against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are favorites only by a point and a half, and the over-under in this one is at 41 and a half. And you're going first on this one. Because I'm picking the Dolphins. This is easy. Picking the Dolphins, picking the money line. For this over-under, I think we see the over-hit. Not by a lot, but because it is a divisional game, and I think both teams are also liable to get some sloppy turnovers and take advantage of short fields. Between the two, I I think we get 41.5 points. You know what, I'm going to agree with you down the line. We can lock it in, but it's reluctant. I thought about being contrarian and saying I really felt like the Patriots were going to win this one, and Bill Belichick's still the goat of coaches, and he was going to come up with a defensive scheme to stop Tua. But, you know, just just the way the Patriots have been so inconsistent this year, I I couldn't say any of that confidently. No. I, I have to say it as a hypothetical. And, like, yeah, it's definitely still a thought there. It's It's a seed that's planted, but, like... I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, no, Patriots got this. You know what I mean? Like, especially the way the, the Dolphins have shown an ability, ability to pounce on teams, even if they're not getting it done offensively. Defense with turnovers, special teams generating points via whether it be punt blocks or return game or whatever, what have you. It, it They just seem like a team that, that is hungry to try and get in the postseason and happy to see the king has fallen in the Patriots. I'm going to side with you on this Dolphins pick. But we're going to move back over to the NFC, and we got a divisional matchup. Well, not divisional matchup. A team in our division facing off against team in the NFC West. We have the San Francisco 49ers traveling to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this one's going to be an interesting one to me in my mind. I mean, San Fran are three-point favorites, and rightfully so. I think they have been the better team overall, but... Keep in mind that last week, Andy Dalton and the Cowboys balled out against the Bengals. I mean, they really looked like a 
totally different team, and Andy Dalton looked like he found his groove. Maybe it was just for that revenge game. Maybe he just channeled that, you know, chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But, like... Bengals are also pretty I think rough. It's, I think it's crazy to count them out, though, immediately, considering Andy Dalton ha- is a NFL playoff-tested you know, it was a f- decade basically franchise, franchise record holder. Yeah, like like against a, a Niners team that's been all over the map, and, and really the last couple of weeks I think has let their guard down. I mean, especially with that rough showing against Washington, the Washington football team last week. Right, but Washington football team's defensive line is a whole other monster than what they're going to be facing off against the Cowboys defense. That's super super soft. Yeah, I, that's why I said, I mean, they, they rightfully are the favorites, but I'm just saying it's hard to count out Dallas the way that Andy Dalton was balling last week. And if they have a, you know, we saw what that offense was capable of at the beginning of the year with a competent quarterback. It's now true. that they may have one again, it opens up the, the you know, they can no longer stack the box. Zeke gets a little bit more room but to Zeke breathe. Zeke might not be playing this week. That's true. So there's there's factors, but. Yeah, uh, this I think this is a tall tall task for the Cowboys. I'm going with the 49ers on the money line. I'm going with them against the spread with that minus three and a half. I do think we do I think we see the overhit though. I think we have enough weapons that and not enough pass rush. I apologize. Not enough pass rush that we're going to be get some get some air mileage in this game. Well, I'm going to agree with you on the Niners on the money line and on the spread, but I'm going to flip it over, and I do actually think we go with the under on this one. I I think we're just not going to see, you know, I know I was just talking about Andy Dalton being better, I know, but both of these teams still are very turnover prone. I I just, I don't think it's going to be that, that exciting of a football game. I think it's going to be a bit of a snooze fest. We can talk about another NFC East team that's playing, and the division leaders are hosting the Seattle Seahawks, also at 1 o'clock this Sunday. Washington comes in as home underdogs. Six-point swing there. Washington plus six, Seattle minus six. We have an over-under that seems a little bit low to me at 44.5. Washington's not a place where I think the weather is going to be a huge factor, barring any crazy storms like the one we just had. And... These are both teams that are capable of scoring the ball. I mean, Seattle's shown they're historically bad at defense. They've been hemorrhaging points like crazy. Uh And Washington's defense has really stepped up, but it's a tall task to keep Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, off the scoreboard for a whole game. Exactly. So I think the over is the obvious thing to me here, and I know I like Seattle on the money line question it becomes, I think, whether this is going to be a six-point game or not, and I don't. I don't think it's a six-point game. I think Seattle wins this by a touchdown, only because I think Washington has been very reliant on the turnovers, and I think this is a game that Russell Wilson really wants to be careful with the football. He's been a little reckless the last several weeks, had a couple of pretty bad turnovers, and I think it's crunch time. They realize they need to keep pace with the Rams, who've suddenly turned it around, you know, it's a brutal division out there. Arizona's shown that they've pretty they've been pretty good. You know what I mean? And and I imagine Arizona's going to be coming away with a win this week against Philadelphia. Maybe not, but we'll get to that later. So Seattle's got the pressure on as we're winding down the season here. 
and I think that they come out with the win here, and it ends up being a little bit more than a touchdown. Maybe it is a seven-point game, and Washington's got the ball at the end, but if it's a seven-point game, they still don't cover the spread. I also like Seattle in this one. I think the offense is just slightly more finely tuned. I think we see them win and cover the spread. I think we see the under in this one hit, though. I think this is a really tough task uh, for Russell Wilson. I mean, going up against Chase Young's tough, even if you're a very mobile, agile, escape-out-the-pocket quarterback. That guy moves fast, and he's coming off the edge a whole bunch. And it's not like Seattle's been great at protecting Russell Wilson this season. I think I think we see the under 44.5 hit. The next game is an interesting matchup. Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Atlanta to face off against the Falcons. The Falcons are home dogs. Yeah, and an NFC South divisional matchup, and you could argue that these are each other's biggest rivals. I mean, definitely on the Tampa front, Atlanta and New Orleans have that thing going on too, but Tampa and Atlanta really have that animosity and, and... you know, it's a storied rivalry here. Geographically pretty close. I think that I feel as though Tom Brady's got to win this game. I mean, the pressure's on, right? The Saints have been running away with that division, even with a backup quarterback in. The national media is kind of coming after Tom because he's been imperfect. You know, yeah. the, the spotlight's on him, especially with He's been Bel- less than terrific. Especially with, with Belichick floundering in some senses. Mm-hmm. I imagine, on the other side of that, the Falcons really want to win this game. I mean, oh, the Falcons absolutely. have had some, some close ones, definitely. Yeah, well, they've, they've, they've surrendered some the close map. ones. I mean, they really had a <laughs> tough loss last week against the Chargers. I'm inclined here to say that Tampa wins... But Atlanta covers. And I think we see the over. I think we see the over because I imagine... You think the two old, whitest dudes in the league are exactly. just We see a quarterback it? duel between the old white guys. I mean, Drew Brees is hurt. Yes. You know. So is there a Aaron Rodgers is also busy. He's got but, a mustache. But, he's a little know, different. But, but and, and he's a little bit more mobile than these yeah. two. I, I think we see a big game out of Calvin Ridley. I hope so. I think. I hope he plays with that foot injury that he's been. I mean, he's probably going to play. I mean, Russell Gage has proven to be he's been, very he's quite been, the tool. Yeah, he's been quite the utility player there. And and you know, obviously, Julio's health is a big question mark, but hopefully, he plays as well. I'm feeling confident with that pick. I, I like Atlanta to cover, but I do think that Tampa Tom. Get, pulls this pulls out the win, and I think we see the over in this old man's quarterback dru- duel indoors. Could be a quarterback duel. Could be a quarterback old. duel, yeah. yeah. It depends how hard they get hit. Uh, I'm with you on the over. I do think this is a shootout, but I'm picking Atlanta. I'm picking Matt Ryan over Tom Brady. I just think at this point in the season... Mike Evans has fallen completely silent. Their run game has been like, uh, who's going to step up this week? And sometimes the answer is none. The tight ends have been nothing special. Bruce has looked kind of clueless at times. Tom's looked clueless at times, which 
is the exact opposite of what you expect at this point in his career. You you would think that he just knows what he's doing automatically. So I don't I don't think Tampa Bay gets this one done. I think the Falcons take this one. Well, I think that should definitely be one to keep an eye on, and I would not be shocked there. Again, I, I think I could easily see it go that way, but with the playoff implications on the line, I could I see Bruce Arians also, who's no schlub, pulling this one out. Yeah, but you know we have the respect. That's the last game of the 1 o'clock hour, which means you know who it's time for. <coughs> Tyler. Let's take it on down to Tyler's Corner. <laughs> the old theme song. I, you know I'm going to clip that and actually just play that first. Just it's, put it on the soundboard. Yeah, and then I'm just... It's time for Tyler's Corner. So, you've been taking a gander at this weekend's games? I have. We and have quite a docket. Yeah. Yes, and the the benefit of Saturday games means that we have some player props posted Ooh. at the time of recording. Yes. So that was nice. So I was taking a look at those. Usually, I'm, I'm player props aren't posted. I'm picking between, you know, just kind of the normal yeah, game the spreads, quarter, the quarters, the yeah. trying to find something interesting. But no. So this week we've got some some player ones. I was looking through, and the, the first thing that really uh, kind of popped out to me was uh, in that Broncos Bills game. Uh, what I think I'm going with this week is Tim Patrick over three and a half receptions. He's been getting a ton of targets. He's been a vacuum. Yeah. He's got a ton of targets. I think, you know, like you said, I think they'll be down. I think they'll be throwing. I expect the Bills to win. Uh, so with that one, you know, I, I think they'll be they'll be passing to him, trying to uh trying to catch up. You know, I know it's cold, but at the same time it, it's it's nothing Denver's not used to. They've played in that before, so uh that that's my And I think they're the home team. They are, so, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. So they have that going for them. That's a solid one. Three and a half receptions. Timmy yep. Patrick. You can take that to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. Lock it in. Lock it. Any of the four o'clock games that particularly caught your eye otherwise, or, or you know, usually as we're about to ramp into those, any game, even even if you're even if just you're excited for it. It could be the birds. I mean, Saints Chiefs is gonna be an exciting one. And I was Honestly, surprised at the over/under on that. I thought it was going to be a little higher, but just with those offense, I get it's not Drew Brees playing, but I know we'll get to that in a little bit. But but that's one I'm definitely excited to watch. Well, he is questionable. He's practicing this week. Oh, mm. come back. But with that, it's a perfect segue, Tyler. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for stopping in. We're going to move into the four o'clock hour, and we have the biggest spread of the week as. The New York Jets, who are still struggling to get that first dub, are traveling to Los Angeles to take on the L.A. Rams. It is a 17-point spread, which is astronomical to me, but it's not crazy. I mean, these Jets have warranted that. 43.5 is that over-under, and I tell you, right off the bat, I feel like the Rams win. But I think the Jets cover, and I think we see the over of 43.5. That seems really low to me, considering the Jets' hemorrhage points. I mean, they have been playing a little bit better of late. It just seems like, they, you know, I don't watch Jets games, but just watching, you know, red zone, seeing 
some of the scoring updates. I just watched Rich Eisen melt down on <laughs> and implode on himself as he watches yeah, the Jets crumble. Everybody loves when Rich Eisen does that. Yeah, that's true. I I'm not sure. I, well, you know, we were talking about Jekyll and Hyde teams earlier, and I think this Rams team is. I could have sworn you were about to say the Jets team, and I was about to be like, nope. No, they've been Hyde the whole time. Yeah, they've been Hyde. There's, there's no, no Jekyll. No, the Rams, particularly the offense. I mean, we've got some weeks where Jared Goff looks like he's like wheeling and dealing. Like a number one overall pick. Yeah, wheeling and dealing. He's looking like he belongs in the upper echelon of, you know, conversation about league's quarterbacks. And then there's other weeks where he looks worse than Carson Wentz did this season. You know, the person who got picked right after him. So, I... I I think you're right in this one. I think you can lock it in. I think we see the under hit right there at that 43.5 number. I think the Jets cover just barely because I don't think the Rams put up much more than 17 points. I don't I don't see I don't see it being a big week for them. I think they're going to be cruising. It's also the the underestimating of the Jets has to be inevitable at this point. I mean, they're winless still. They've lost games that they should have won very publicly. Yeah, it seems like they're finding ways to lose, and they are just really striving hard for that number one overall Yeah, pick. you got to be checked out at this point. Well, next up in the 4 o'clock window, we have the Battle of the Birds. Our team, our Philadelphia Eagles, are traveling out to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. It is a six and a half point spread. We are the underdogs, just what we like to hear. And we got a forty nine and a half point spread. Yeah, forty nine and a half point. Yeah, not over spread. Under. Yeah, over we're under. not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. We're not the Jets. I'm this so, isn't college the Jets football. There yet. I gotta say, I'm I'm pretty stoked about this game just because I want to see what Jalen Hurts can do, coming off of a big game against the Packers, a solid win. I mean, massive win. And we got to see what he's got in the tank. I mean, we got to see if he's a... No, it wasn't the Packers. It was, it was against the Saints. Saints. Yeah. It was against the Saints. We got whooped by the Packers. Yes. Saints. My bad. It's okay. Coming off a big win against the Saints. Granted, it was against Taysom Hill, but he still got the job done. Uh, and it's coming up against a defense that hadn't let up a 100-yard rusher in like three and years. And they let up multiple... You know, I, I hope that Doug continues what he was doing before, relying on the run game, relying on Miles Sanders, using a lot of the player motion to yeah. spring blocks to create quarterback read running opportunities. Now we are down another lineman again. Jack Driscoll going down with injury. We're down to Prince. I don't know. I don't know the rest of his name. I know Fielder? his name's Prince. He took on a different career after the slugging champion retired. No, he, he was our he was our like fourth or like fifth round draft pick out of Auburn. That like Prince Ali, Ali, Ali. No, um, yeah, I don't know. I know. I, I remember it's the Prince, player formerly known as the print the player only currently known as Prince. Okay, so that could be a problem, but I still think we find a way to get the job done. I, I mean. At the very least, maybe not a win, but at the very least covering that six-and-a-half-point spread, I think this ends up being a close game. Coming down to a field goal or at least one possession, maybe it's four points. 
you know, we have the ball going for the win. Maybe we pull out this win. This has been a Cardinals team that has been kind of inconsistent. They have struggled against some mobile quarterbacks. I know they, they managed to, re, you know, ream in Russell Wilson, but, like, other than that, they've, they've had their hands full. Well, Kyler Murray's also been banged up with his little bit of a shoulder yeah, issue. And, and so I could see this being a close game. I do think I give the Cardinals the win. I think I give the Birds the cover. And I think we go under on that 49.5. That's what I think. I think we, we, we see a low scoring, like a 24-21 type game, like a 21-17 type game, like a 17-13. You know what I mean? Like a grindy, there's going to be, you know, going for it. Doug's going to probably go for it in the red zone on fourth down and get stopped at some point, so we lose points there. Our defense comes up with a big turnover. Like, it's just going to be one of those games where both teams seem like they're constantly on the verge of scoring, and yet they con- they're they just staying off they the They constantly board. don't. Yeah, this will be an interesting matchup. I think you're—I think if the Eagles— go into it with the game plan of they have to run the ball, they have to control the time of possession and the clock, and they run it with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts and Corey Clement and the company and Jordan Howard and all that. I think we see the Birds win this one and cover and get the points with it, and I think we also see the under this one hit. But I am, I'm taking the Birds in this one. I think, I think they are just coming into a different part of their season where they're going to perform, hurt their own draft stock. Well, Doug Peterson has a tendency to do that and really rally this team at the end of the year. December, and, Doug. And we've seen it. And again, with, with Washington having a tough matchup this week, with the Giants having a tough matchup this week, which we haven't gotten to yet, there's some opportunity for us to make up some of that lost ground. And so, you know, there could be... Uh, you know, that could be the rallying cry we needed. Yeah, yeah, it very well could be. Now, coming up here at 4.30, we have the game I know might be the game of the weekend. I mean, yeah, Tyler mentioned it. Potentially. I mean, this game last year was one of the games of the season. Very well could be a game of the season again this year. So it's a three-point spread. Kansas City are currently the favorites. Going on the road to New Orleans. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, considering Taysom Hill may or may not be the quarterback, considering Drew Brees has been playing, I think they're probably going to lean toward Taysom Hill this week. Yeah, most likely. I know they were saying it's a possibility he could play. He has been practicing, and they said that these past couple practices went way better than the ones before. But right now they are still... solidly in control of their own destiny for that home field advantage and that number one pick. Yeah, I imagine even, it's also even with call. Even with the loss from from us. And I think we see, out of an abundance of caution, Drew get held out the extra week. Most likely. So I, I, I still don't know how to feel about it with that being said. I want to know, though, what are your thoughts on the over-under? I think we see the over-hit. In this one, at 51 and a half. I mean, it is a little high, it's especially a- considering how the Eagles' defense was able to shut down Taysom Hill, and who knows, maybe that is a, a, a playbook 
that I think the Chiefs are going to draw from. You, you, know, you could try. I think that I think having Fletcher Cox, Vernon Hargraves, and Brendan Graham is a very different situation than what the Kansas City Chiefs have. Yes and no. I mean, they have a they have a Super Bowl caliber defensive line. You know, Chris Jones is a is up there with Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald as far as on the short list for the most dominant defensive, defensive tackles. tackles in the league. Okay. I mean, he, he might not have that speed, which, you know, he's got that kind of, it, it tricks you a little bit. Yeah, he's more the finesse guy. I mean, if we go with Fletcher with power and Donald with the speed. Yeah, and so, like, he doesn't have the Aaron Donald speed, or even, I would argue, even maybe the Fletcher Cox. I mean, Fletcher Cox is deceptively quick. Yes. But he's able to on par with or maybe even slightly better than the two I just listed, create disruption and penetration in the interior of an offensive line. And that could really blow up a lot of the ways that they run those gadget plays with with Taysom Hill because then all of a sudden, if you're trying to bring something back around or do things like that, somebody gets right through the middle. You know, we saw it last week. Yes. Eagles had how many plays where we stopped them for losses on those gadget flippy, you know, Alvin Kamara end around, no, I, you know, yeah. and, and and so I and don't know. It was by Alex Singleton who was just a, who was a pickup. Who was a beast at, at run stopping. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm not sitting here confidently saying, oh, the Chiefs are going to emulate what the Eagles did shut down the Saints' offense. But I'm saying when you see them get stifled the way that they haven't really at all this season, it gives you some pointers on how to be disruptive. And I think right now Sean Payton's got to be more hopeful than not that Drew Brees is able to suit up, even though, like I said, I I think to be cautious they won't. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if Sean Payton had more than a four- or five-game runway on – how long he could game plan and keep defenses on their toes with the Taysom Hill experiment. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. And when you come up against the Chiefs team that has, you know, isn't Steve Spagnuolo their defensive coordinator? They've got they've got Andy Reid. You know, this is a, a – the coaching staff, the players, I mean, this is a Super Bowl contender type team. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if he had the runway to keep that up. So – I go with Kansas City to win, and I got to go with Kansas City to cover. At that 51.5 point over-under, I'm a little hesitant, but I think I got to go over just because I do think we're going to see the key, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs put their foot on the gas, really try and score some points, and I think the Saints will have more success. I, you know, Sean Payton doesn't get shut out shut down two weeks in a row. No. Even the second half of that Eagles game, the Saints looked like an infinitely different team than the first half. Yeah. I think we see the over. I think we see this Chiefs team win and cover this three-point spread fairly handedly. I think they still have such a large amount of gas and such weapons down the field. It's just going to be tough for the Saints to match up with. I think we see the over in this 51-and-a-half. In the next game on Sunday, the Sunday night game, we're seeing the Cleveland Browns go face off against the New York Giants. 
Browns are favorites by six and a half points, and the over-under in this is at 44 and a half. I gotta say, this Daniel Jones hamstring injury nonsense has you kind of worried as to what they really think of their quote-unquote franchise quarterback with it looking like he's going to play. But is that even in his best interest? I mean, like, he get he got hit six times last week. Got benched at one point. I mean, I don't know if the Giants ever have Daniel Jones's best interest in mind when they've put him behind that terrible offensive line, when they put him out there with no weapons other than Saquon Barkley, his rookie year. I mean, I know Saquon Barkley is like the best weapon you could ask for, so I sounded kind of dumb there. But like, when you have nobody to throw the ball to and no offensive line, just having a good running back's not going to make the cut. No. You know, so uh, there's also a question as to just whether or not Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback, which is we could have a whole episode debating that. Yeah, that's it's tough. What I think is pretty clear to me is that this Giants team didn't skip a beat whether Daniel Jones was there or wasn't. Maybe they didn't run that read option bootleg that he had a couple of big runs on the Eagles against quite as well, but it seems like they didn't run that quite as well against anybody that wasn't the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So I think, you know, we saw that when Colt McCoy was in, their completion percentage went up. I imagine their pure quarterback rating went up. I didn't check it. I'm speculating here. But Colt McCoy was more efficient as a passer than it seemed like Daniel Jones has been for the majority of his career. And this is a has been sitting on the shelf for how long and most people thought was retired Colt McCoy. This isn't some NFL hot shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like they brought in a top tier or even like an Andy Dalton. If it were Andy Dalton, that would make sense. Oh, Andy Dalton relieved him and came in and did a really good job. I would have argued Andy Dalton was better than Daniel Jones to begin with. Nobody was saying that about Colt McCoy, and the fact that Colt McCoy still came in and was arguably outperforming him, I think has to have the Giants maybe kind of pushing him on the field because they want to say, well, we need to know if we're going into a whole other offseason with Daniel Jones as our guy. You know? Uh, Yeah, that will be interesting to see. I know my pick in this one. I'm taking the Browns. Their 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 performance this past week was impressive. I think we continue to see them roll because I think they really want that playoff wild card spot. Uh, I'll take a minus six and a half points and on the money line. And as far as this forty four and a half over under goes, I think I think I've got to go over in this one. I don't think the Giants are going to keep it particularly close, but I think. The ability of the Browns to both run it down the throat and then what Baker Mayfield gives you and and when they get the run game going, I think we see the over hit. I think it's fairly low. So I got to say, I, I think just on first glance, I'm going to agree with you across the board. I like the Browns to win. I like the over-under in this one. Those are the two things I know for sure. The one that I'm a little bit more on the fence about is whether or not the Giants are going to be capable of covering that six-and-a-half-point line. They've been very competitive in every game. Pretty much the game that was a statement game to me was when they 
almost took New England overtime, and there was that questionable pass interference call on the goal line for the two-point conversion. And then since then, they've been they've looked like a totally different team than the first half of the season. I mean, they really have night and day. The defense has looked infinitely better. It seems like they have a game plan on offense. Plays they draw up are working. So they've been competitive. Where the first half of the season, Giants, I thought were a total joke and were not competitive. I thought. Yeah. I thought well, they losing were. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Was going to pretty much make them a joke automatically. Is Miles Garrett playing this week? Is he? Okay. I, I remember. Be- you, I believe I remember he's in, he went down with injury. Yeah, I believe he came back that same game. I don't remember off the top of my head. Regardless, even with out, even without Miles Garrett, rather, I was going to say even with the injury, but that wouldn't make sense. I would lean toward. I would still take Cleveland to win again. It would maybe maybe pull into question that cover. But I think I'm inclined to say Cleveland wins, Cleveland covers over a 44.5. We can lock it in that you and I are on the same page on that one. And I, I don't really know. I, I guess the biggest question here and the biggest thing the Giants should be trying to get out of these last, what, three games of the season is what they have in Daniel Jones. Because they're going to have a good draft pick. As Tyler mentioned before, this is a really good draft for quarterbacks. Pretty much no matter how you slice it, the Giants are going to have a good draft pick unless they manage to win this division. Which, which right now... They would get 19th pick or something? 21st uh, pick? No, it depends on how far they go then, because it it goes as far as what round you get eliminated. Oh, that's right. Not just being in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, that should be their top priority for the rest of the season, in my mind. Because otherwise you would... You know, you don't like to make multiple top 10 pick quarterbacks in the same couple of years, but at the same time, if you do it right, you're not picking in the top 10 again. So Yeah, you're not picking in the top 10 again for, what, decade, maybe? Typically? Yeah, the Eagles went ballpark a decade without a top 10 pick when, when they had McNabb. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. We got the Monday night game. Da-na-na-na. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cincinnati to face off against the Bengals. The Steelers are favorites by 13 points, and the over-under in this one is at 40.5. Yeah, this one seems to me like it's a little bit of a trap, but it's also hard to gauge. And this is now a Pittsburgh team that I think has a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They want to prove that they're elite. They want to keep themselves in the conversation for that top seed. You know, two weeks ago they were being talked about as possibly one of the all-time great teams if they ran the table. Now people are talking about, are they going to exit with a first-round loss in the playoffs? You know, you can't say people. That was just you. That was you who said that. That was both of my personalities. Now, uh, I imagine... We're going to see them come out here and win this game. Uh, I don't see Pittsburgh losing their third straight. I don't see them losing to a Bengals team that has been just totally. I mean, they've been totally lost since Joe Burrow went down. Oh, yeah. Well, because he was your entire offense. And so I imagine that we're going to see Pittsburgh come out here and try and reassert themselves as the class of the AFC. 
And who knows, they might be in a position to do so with Kansas City having a tough matchup against New Orleans the previous afternoon. There's a chance that they could find themselves in contention for that top seed again. Oh, absolutely. I think... I think we see the Steelers win this one, though. I think we see the co- the Bengals cover, and I think we see the o- uh, the under of 40.5 because I still don't think we're just going to see all of a sudden the Steelers like snap into the offensive air display. They still don't have a run game. If you just know it's going to be pass, pass, pass all the time. Yeah, but again, against a really beat-down Bengals front line that, remember, traded away, you could argue, their most talented interior defensive line or or overall defensive line talent at the trade deadline, which I get, Mm -hmm. trying to get picks. They knew the season was kind of a lost lost cause. Yeah. But I just don't think they're in a position. I think if the Steelers want to try and reestablish their run game, this would be a good game to do it. Not that James Conner is going to be an all-pro every down running back, but... I think that I disagree with you on... I think it's just a divisional game. I just don't think it gets blown out that bad. I I think I do only... I wouldn't have said that if the Steelers didn't just come off of two Two embarrassing losses. losses. If they didn't lose those two games, I guess the Bills one wasn't an embarrassing loss. But I guess you could argue the Washington one was, given the record discrepancy at the time. Yes. I think we see Pittsburgh pull it out. With the 13 points. And I... I think we also see the under, just because I actually... I think we see Pittsburgh defense become come more alive than the offense. I think we see... Well, that'd be nice, yeah. I, I think we see the defense, especially against the lackluster quarterback who, competition. I, I think we see the defense really feast on that opportunity. And... Pittsburgh runs away with this one. Well, that's all I got for you. I think that's, that's all we got for you. That's all the NFL has for us. Yeah. An exciting week of games. A full docket again. First week without any teams on the bye since early in the season because, again, those schedule schedule adjustments and whatnot. Yeah, the- we got everybody on the field this week. It's going to be fun to watch. We appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Yeah. As always, Tyler, we appreciate you stopping by the show. Yeah, thanks for coming, Tyler. Always good to be here. You can find our social medias at at B-O-T-T podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. We also are going to be, as you may have seen now, experimenting with a Twitch platform. Oh, yeah. Some live streaming video content, possibly, so you can see these are beautiful mugs more than just the logo. Yeah, uh, in real time. And this would open up the opportunity for some real-time interaction, maybe some real-time questions, input, comments. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and we think this is a way of us getting one step closer to doing that. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, everybody, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you again soon. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll have soccer for you on Monday, as well as just all sports. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Thanks, guys.